Welcome back to Lead On, the program where we talk about practical issues related to ministry leadership. I'm Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, and it's my pleasure to talk with you each week about practical challenges that we face as ministry leaders. So whether you're a pastor, an elder, a deacon, a youth pastor, a worship pastor, or maybe you work in a Christian organization, you uh, lead a feeding ministry or a clothing ministry, or uh, you work in programs to take care of children in need or after-school programs, wherever you find yourself in ministry leadership, this program is for you. Now on this program, we talk practically and very specifically about things we can do to solve the pressing daily demands of what it means to be in ministry leadership. Again, as I often remind you, this is not a Bible teaching program necessarily, not a preaching program, although occasionally I can't help myself. It is instead a program where we try to bring a biblical and theological uh, approach to solving some of the practical things that come at us every day as ministry leaders. Now, we've been looking uh, recently at some survey material which talks about the kinds of problems that pastors are facing and the kinds of issues that have uh, really plagued them during the recent pandemic and also just more broadly in church ministry in general. One of the issues that was raised in those surveys was uh, pastors said one of the most pressing challenges they face is how to get their churches to turn outward in their focus and be less inward in their focus, meaning how do we get churches to think more about reaching new people with the gospel of Jesus Christ to being involved in evangelism, being involved in outreach, uh, being involved in uh, work that does result in new people coming to faith in Jesus Christ and less focused on themselves. So today, here on the program, I want to talk about some strategies and approaches to helping churches particularly turn their focus more toward reaching new people with the gospel. Now, you're already thinking, man, this is an insurmountable problem. Our church is so inwardly focused. It thinks mostly about itself, its programs, its buildings, its, uh, its projects. Uh, it demands that its leaders spend most of their time taking care of the members instead of reaching new people with the gospel. Uh, I understand that our, our church is uh, focused on its internal conflicts and its internal divisions. And so we're dealing with all these kind of challenges. And so it's really, it's really almost impossible, it seems, to get us thinking about reaching out and focusing on the community instead. Well, that may be true in your church or in, and in some churches, but I'm around a number of churches that are very effectively focused outward, reaching new people with the gospel. And so today, what I've done is tried to think about those churches that I work with that are very effective in this regard and try to discern some commonalities among them. Now, those commonalities are not programmatic. Uh, they aren't stylistic. They aren't necessarily even all doctrinal. The commonalities really rise above those distinguishing characteristics. So I want to talk, first of all, about some common qualities that churches and church leaders have who reach non-Christians or who maintain an outward focus for their ministry of their ministry. And then I want to talk about more specifically uh, some commonalities of strategic planning uh, or of planning for outreach that I think are also visible. And then if we have time, we'll talk a little bit more about 
developing some different kinds of strategies to reaching people or to being outwardly focused. So, first of all, some common qualities among churches and church leaders who reach non-Christians or who are outwardly focused on reaching new people with the gospel. The first common quality is they are intentional. They have a plan. They have a plan and they work their plan. They're very intentional. They wake up every day with a point one, point two, point three approach to what they're going to do to reach people in their community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are intentional. They are on purpose kind of people. A number of years ago, I received what I still consider perhaps the best compliment I've ever received in the ministry. A fellow joined our church, and after about a year, he said to me one day, the thing I most notice about you is that you never do anything except on purpose. And I thought, man, that's a, that's a good compliment. He recognized my purposefulness and my intentionality as a core reason for some of the success our church was having. So when it comes to reaching new people, to being focused outwardly, to uh, connecting with and reaching non-Christians with the gospel, the first common quality among churches and church leaders that I see in this regard is intentionality. The second is they are determined. They have a plan, as I said, and they work the plan, as I said. But third, they stick with it. For them, reaching new people is not a seasonal activity. It's not something they do as a project or from time to time. It's not something they do when it's easy or when it's convenient. It's something that they are determined to do day after day after day after day. They demonstrate a determination to keep on reaching new people with the gospel, keep the church's focus outward, stay invested in and connected to community. They are determined. And that determination can be challenged internally as well as church members sometimes complain about this outward focus, but they are determined to not be dissuaded even by the demands of internal complaint or internal critics who may not like the direction they're going. So churches and leaders who reach new people with the gospel are intentional and determined. And third, they are flexible. Now, as I said, they have a plan. They work the plan. They stick with the plan, but they are flexible and willing to change the plan if it does not work. And they're also willing to change and improve the plan, even if what they're doing does work. I was on a national task force a few years ago talking about this problem of helping churches to be more outwardly focused on reaching new people with the gospel. And on that task force was a pastor whose church was very effective in this regard. They had a good track record of reaching literally hundreds of people with the gospel every year, seeing them make open professions of faith in Jesus Christ and follow him in public baptism and church membership and into discipleship processes. This pastor was by every measure a model of this, hence he was on this national task force. Well, while we were on the task force, we heard a report 
from a group that was studying best practices in this area. And when the report was given, there was a moment when this very effective pastor kind of startled like he had been jolted with a cattle prod or something. And he just blurted out, that's, that's so insightful. And he started writing down notes immediately. And I thought, man, what, what, what's that about? So afterwards, I, I asked him and he said, that's an idea I'd never thought of before. I'm going home and implement that immediately. I thought, well, here's a pastor who's intentional and determined and has been so successful at reaching new people with the gospel that he was invited to be on a national task force about this issue. And yet in that context, he hears an idea that he had not heard before, and he immediately, on the spot, adjusted his very successful plan to include this new dynamic, this new dimension, and said, I'm going home and put this into practice right now. Now, that stands in contrast to what some of you are facing. Some of you are saying, yeah, right. If I brought a new idea to our church about what it would take to reach more people with the gospel, it would have to go through three committees, four study uh, processes, and two public meetings, and then finally, hopefully, get a vote. Well, if that's your process, you're probably not going to be a church that reaches very many people because churches that reach new people with the gospel are flexible. They are malleable. They are quick to respond and quick to adjust to new ideas that come along that will improve their plan and help them do this work more effectively. And then finally, another common quality is these churches are relentless. They are mission driven to the point of obsession. They think about it, dream about it, talk about it, pray about it, discuss it, sing about it, preach about it. Everything they seem to talk about or want to have as a focus is about reaching people with the gospel. And so whether they're talking about doing that down the street, around the corner, around the world, or in a faraway place, they are always talking about, working toward, strategizing and spending money on and putting action to things that will bring more people to faith in Jesus Christ. They are relentless to the point of obsession. Now, as I said at the beginning of the program, my study of these churches that are doing this kind of good work uh, does not reveal that they have programmatic commonalities, that they have stylistic commonalities, that they have cultural commonalities. Uh, no, you'll find that they're all over the map in terms of what these things look like. But they do, when you get down under the surface, surface have some common qualities. They are intentional about reaching new people with the gospel. They have a plan. They are determined. They not only have a plan, but they stick with it. They work their plan. They do that in the face of opposition from outside and from within. Then they're flexible. They're intentional and determined, but they're not stubborn in the sense that they're going to have it their way and it's going to be done that way and they're not going to make any adjustments along the way. No, they're flexible. They find what's working they and they adjust. They learn new ideas and they adjust. They see what isn't working and they stop it. They're flexible. They have a plan. They work the plan. They stick with the plan until they need to change the plan because they're flexible in order to make things work. And finally, they're relentless. They just never give up on the thought that reaching new people with the gospel is their priority and they stay with it no matter what else comes their way. Now, let's talk more specifically about commonalities about this kind of plan that I've been referencing. Have a plan, work the plan, stay with the plan until you need to adjust the plan and then be relentless about the plan. So as I've studied these different churches and looked at their context, 
are there some commonalities of the kinds of plans that are put into place that really do lead churches to be more outwardly focused? And yes, there are. Let me give you three of them. First, these churches focus more on training than motivation, inspiration, guilt, or fear. Let me say that again. These churches that are doing a good job of reaching out to new people focus more on training than on motivation, inspiration, guilt, and fear. In other words, they spend more time teaching people how to reach out to others, modeling that for them, and helping them to learn the skills necessary to do it than they do preaching at them, inspiring them, heaping guilt on them, or trying to motivate them with fear. Now, there's certainly nothing wrong with an inspirational sermon or a motivational speaker or a song that uh, really lifts our spirits and focuses us outward. Those things can be helpful. And there is certainly uh, some need to face up to the guilt that we have when we're disobedient in this regard and the fear that we may have for people who may be eternally separated from God. Yes, there's some component of that which is important, but now we're talking about the primary motivation and that primary, or not motivation, excuse me, that primary activity. The primary activity must be training. It's teaching people the importance of reaching out to their friends and family members and going all around the world with the gospel. It's not only teaching them that, but it's then giving them the skills to do it and training them in methods and approaches of how to get it done. And so while there is certainly some motivation and some inspiration, and there certainly is some facing up to the issues of guilt and fear and all of that part of motivation, what really is the commonality among the plan of the approach of how these churches do their work is they focus more on training than these other things. Second, they focus on building a team effort more than depending on individuals. Now, what I mean by this is the churches that are really outwardly focused find a way to involve large numbers of people in their church in this team effort, if you will, of reaching out to new people. Rather than depending on a few gifted individuals to be like stormtroopers going into the community with the gospel, they find a way to involve large numbers of people in this task and to celebrate the large numbers of people doing it uh, along the way. Let me give you some illustrations. So one church does it this way. They have a training program whereby they train people how to share the gospel with their friends and family members, and they use this same training program to prepare their mission teams that go out into mission projects both locally, across their region, and even when they send teams out internationally. And this training program involves several weeks of people coming to classes, uh, going through role modeling exercises, going out in the community and practicing what they're learning, uh, and developing the skills and the confidence necessary to be able to share the gospel with other people in individual contexts. So the church has this training program uh, that helps people learn how to do this in very intentional ways. But in support of that training program, they have a, a large number of other people who work to help along the way. Like, for example, uh, they recruit for every person who goes into the training program a prayer team to support them and to pray for them as they're both learning how to share their faith and as they start being more actively involved in doing so. They also recruit a prayer team to pray for people who are not yet Christians in the community, that they can contact them 
uh, and through uh, the, through prayer, be praying for them so that when they are contacted, they'll be more receptive to the gospel. So there's this prayer team that's going on all the time, supporting these individuals who are being trained and supporting the overall ministry of outreach that the church is doing. And people funnel requests into this prayer team so that it's as specific and engaged as possible in the overarching work the church is doing in reaching out to its community. But then beyond that, uh, this church has a number of different projects which then engage the community and enable church members to engage with people in the community. And every one of these projects requires a lot of people to be involved in things like food service and preparation, setting up and taking down for events, cleaning up and providing for the materials that are needed in the events, uh, keeping up with the registration of names, addresses, emails, phone numbers, those kinds of things, processing that information and getting it into the hands of the people who are going to actually do the follow-up work. Every one of these events has this kind of team put together to make this kind of thing uh, a, a reality. And then in this same church, when people come to faith in Jesus Christ, uh, this church uh, brings them forward publicly and says, this is a person, uh, John Doe, who's come to faith in Jesus Christ and now wants to publicly acknowledge his commitment to the Lord and wants to be baptized. And so the church then at that moment is able to publicly celebrate uh, their outreach into the community and the conversion that has resulted in this new believer in Jesus. But then the pastor does something or the person doing the introductions does something even beyond that. Not only does he introduce the person who's making their commitment, but then he says, uh, if you ever shared the gospel with this person personally, would you please stand up just for a moment and maybe one or two people will stand. If you uh, ever had this person who's here uh, standing with me if you ever had old John Doe here uh, in a class that you taught uh, or a ministry that you did in our church, would you please stand, keep standing? Uh, you know, John has a, a couple of children who are coming to church with him. If you ever worked in the child care and provided child care so that he could come to a church event or a men's event or a Bible study activity, if you provided child care for his children uh, at a church event, would you just please stand? And now there's maybe another dozen or so that start standing. If you're on our prayer team and you've ever prayed for John by name, would you please stand and more will stand? And what typically happens is every time a person comes to faith in Jesus like this and gets introduced and wants to publicly be, uh, be uh, baptized, the, the church goes through this very short but very powerful moment of recognizing all the team effort it took for this person to come and be standing in this location in this moment. What this does is it builds a sense of momentum in the church. Hey, we're all on the team that reaches people with the gospel. I may not be the one who's out there actually going out and sharing the gospel with someone. I may not be actually preparing the food. I may not be actually cleaning up after the event. I, I may not be actually uh, doing that. I might be praying or caring for children or in some ways behind the scenes, keeping up with the paperwork and filing the information and making sure we have accurate records. But if I'm anywhere in that process, I'm on the team that produced John standing here today, a new follower of Jesus. Now, the church creates this team momentum, this team momentum by this simple kind of recognition process. So uh, a second commonality is to create a team effort that doesn't depend just on individuals who share the gospel with others but really has a sense that the whole church is involved in this process of reaching new people, and the whole church gets celebrated from time to time as we see these people coming to faith in Jesus Christ.
And then a third commonality of strategy is that churches that reach new people with the gospel work hard at creating a welcoming environment and a welcoming context for new believers. You know, when you go down to the hospital and you see the environment or context that's been created for moms to give birth and for babies to come into the world and for families to welcome a new little one, you see how much care is given to that moment and you know how important it is when a baby arrives. Man, it ought to be the same way in our churches. We create a context where new believers feel welcome, where they're not put on the spot in a negative sense, where they're not singled out in a way that's inappropriate or makes them feel awkward, uh, where new believers can express themselves and ask the, quote, dumb question like, how do you find Matthew in the Bible? Or how do you know when to kneel or when to stand in the worship service? Or what exactly do some of these words mean like a tithe or uh, a, a baby dedication or, or, or an offering or something like that where we use these words in church, but people who've never been there before wonder, what exactly is this? Does your church have a welcoming environment for new believers? For example, one church that uh, I work with has a class that's just for new people. And it's a, hey, here's what you need to know about what it means to be in our church. And here's how you basically use the Bible. And here's how you engage in getting involved in our programs. And here's some of the terminology we use and what it means. And it's just a four-week class that meets for an hour each Sunday and just rotates through on a constant basis. And here's a chance in this class, uh, people have a welcoming environment. Now, that's not all the church does, but just the fact that it has this kind of intentionality about creating this environment probably already lets you know that they're doing a lot of other things too to let new people know you belong here. Stand that in contrast to what happened in a church once. I saw it. A family walked in and sat down, and it was their first time to be in a church, and they were looking around, and I could tell they were nervous. And as I was making my way back to say hello to them, someone walked up and said, you need to move. This is our pew. <laughs> yeah, it really happened. You know, if that's your attitude, you're not going to have very many new people in your church because you're not very welcoming of them if you're telling them they can't sit in your spot. So churches that have an outward focus, they have a lot of different uh, cultures, a lot of different approaches, a lot of different methods, not a lot of commonality there. But they do have some things that are the same across denominations, across ethnic groups, across sizes of church. Your church can reach more new people with the gospel if you're intentional, determined, flexible, and relentless about that task. You have to be that way, first of all, as the leader and then you can lead your congregation to be more that way as a group. And then when you're developing a plan that you can be intentional, determined, flexible, and relentless with, it's not so much that you copy another church's exact plan or that you borrow one from your denominational archives or that you write one yourself that no one's ever done before. That's not what really matters. What really matters is that you come up with a plan that focuses more on training then on motivation and inspiration, yes, those things matter, but training is what's really going to change behavior over time. That you focus on building a team effort 
so that everyone feels like they've got a hand in the process and that they're a contributing part of what it means to reach new people and that they get to celebrate and be recognized when someone comes to faith in Jesus. And then finally, that you simply create an environment that's welcoming to new believers and even to unbelievers so that people who are still investigating the possibility of becoming Jesus followers can do so comfortably in your context. Well, we can turn churches from being inwardly focused to outwardly focused, at least more outwardly focused. It's a challenge. It needs to be done. It can be done. You can do it as you lead on. Have you ever wanted to earn your doctorate degree? Gateway Seminary's Doctor of Ministry program is practical, affordable, and designed for working adults just like you. A Doctor of Ministry degree takes about three years to complete, and it's going to help you become a better leader and open up new opportunities. Imagine having your doctorate in three years. You can do it. Visit gs.edu slash dmin. Applications are due April 1st, so don't delay. gs.edu slash dmin.